Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. For this podcast, I was joined by James Gale, who's the founder and director of Shogun Social, which is a social media agency based in my little hometown of Southampton. I was looking forward to getting James on the podcast for a number of reasons. One, I really wanted to know about how he got started setting up his own social media agency. And I think even he has been surprised by how quickly that company has grown. I did ask James about Be Real and Elon Musk's recent purchase of Twitter. And he has some very interesting thoughts on that one. So without further ado, here is my conversation with James Gale from Shogun Social on the Essential B2B podcast. I hope you enjoy. Tell us a little bit about Shogun Social. How did you get started? Uh, I, I was working in marketing for three or four years before I started um, Shogun anyway, working with brands like HSBC, Samsung, EE, B&Q, all that. Um, but no matter where I went, whether it was in-house, agency large or agency small, you know, everyone is not taking organic social seriously. And by that stuff, I mean the stuff you can post for absolutely free on your channels, the stuff all YouTube is post, TikTok is post, you know, that. The, the bog standard stuff we all consume online. No matter how big the brand was, they just weren't taking it seriously. And I'm re- I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm confused because even you know my first year as a marketer and graduate, I'm watching kids in their bedroom kick the ass of multinational corporations, and I'm going, why? Where's the? Why are we not connecting the dots here? I am in my bedroom working for another marketing company, not particularly happy with where I was. So I was like, okay, boss isn't over the shoulder anymore. Let's jump on Fiverr and see if we can get some freelance clients of my own. And that's how it all started. So got one, got two, got three, got enough to replace my salary. Left for that plan or savings, as you do. And over the last two years and three months, we've been growing the company nonstop, helping businesses post like creators. So really diving in on TikTok, podcasting, and just actually helping your organic social content fly. And from that point, it's, it's been really nice because we are uh, a team of nine now, going on 10 probably in the next week, couple of weeks. So it's been a really rapid journey working with some brilliant brands and yeah it's been a really cool journey to see and see the massive need that's come off off the other side of the pandemic i suppose with the the rapid sort of growth that you're experiencing at the minute it just shows there's a market for this and you're the whole ethos of posting like a creator which is you know it's almost your would you say it's your mission statement because it's it seems to be such a, a valid campaign that if you start behaving like you say like kids in bedrooms it just sort of works your social it in that makes you much more appealing to your audience it takes the thinking out of your social media strategy not that too too many companies were really thinking that deeply about it in the first place which is probably the issues um but yeah it just levels the playing field for everyone that's what tiktok did that's what the pandemic did think of zoom culture over the over the pandemic and even now right we're all in our bedrooms probably sat in our pjs done done a work day and tried to get away with it or still do it's one of those things where the the Everywhere is more authentic now. The, the crap has been cut. We don't have time to be overly corporate or pretend to be our, our non-authentic selves anymore. And this is why people are gravitating away from platforms like Facebook and Instagram and go much more towards your B-reels, your TikToks, uh, and even the revival of YouTube in shorts and everything else. I think So you've brought it up, so I have to ask you about B-reel because I, I've got my... I've got my my prejudices about Be Real as a platform, but do do you see a lot of success there? Do you see longevity in it? Hot take, no. Um, I think Be Real, like Clubhouse, it is just a feature. 
that I, I think will be stolen. I know TikTok is already testing it and the platform like TikTok it actually might work really well there. Um, but also when you're looking at you know, the likes of Instagram could very much adopt that in and I'm sure they're testing it right now. Um, and the problem is now people are getting these notifications for their B-reels because they're going to come at like two o'clock and they're waiting to try and get a picture that they prefer. B-reel has become a kind of authentic window into things, but it's just more of a time-sensitive window into things as opposed to what it was originally supposed to be. So longevity-wise, I don't know. It's picked up really rapidly, uh, but we see many apps kind of pick up rapidly and uh, burn out quite quickly. So if it, if for businesses... I'd say no for personal brands. I'd say yes and give it a go while it's there because you might be able to build some traction off the back of Be Real. And is there still, because I mean, just a, a case in point, I've been at, at trade shows recently, just, you know, doing the rounds, nipping around, getting some bits and pieces for our socials and, and podcasts and that sort of thing. And the number of people, the number of companies that I spoke to and I said, oh, are you on TikTok? The overwhelming answer still is no. Do you think that it's because TikTok still has a little bit of that reputation of, you know, dance crazes? Can it, do you think it will shake it or will that oh, always? It, it needs to shake it. So especially if you, I know you have a majority B2B audience, you absolutely have to listen to this because TikTok has over a billion users as it stands now. It's set to be at one and a half billion users by middle of next year. Now, do we actually understand how bonkers that figure is, first of all? So any kind of question of my demographic isn't on there, that's out the window because they absolutely are, right? Like it's it's unquestionable at this point how many people are on there. Uh, it still has the connotations of being a dance app just for trends, just for kids, all that stuff. The, the actual demographics are so much more spread out than people give them credit for. And, you know, I looked at Statista the other day and they had a fair few... Um, you know, things to, to point to this and I'll see if I can pull up the statistics as I'm making this point but it's there's so many different sub communities for so many different things there's a massive business to business community there's a massive business and entrepreneurial community anyone that's downloaded it and had it for more than an hour will know how different it is compared to the stereotypes and it's just a feed of continuous interest-based content and that's a terrifying thought for the likes of Facebook and Instagram and everything else because that means people are getting exactly what they want when they want and they don't have to scroll through a sea of meaningless crap. And this is why, you know, 70% of content is consumed on the For You page on TikTok as opposed to the following. Social and TikTok has changed how social works. And now other platforms have, have adopted it. Facebook and Instagram both have their own TikTok style feeds. So does Pinterest and so does YouTube. The only two that don't have it are LinkedIn and Twitter. And I guarantee you they're testing it still. So it's a thing where you can't ignore it by any stretch of the imagination just because it's TikTok. Open your eyes slightly, open your mind, download it, see what I mean, stop ignoring it, even if you are the most boring company imaginable. Like you could sell glue for all I care. You need to be on TikTok. In your answer there, James, in your extremely eloquent and, and fantastic answer, you mentioned Twitter. We're going to have to mention it. We're going to have to talk about this. What are your thoughts on Elon buying Twitter? Elon buying Twitter wasn't exactly a bad move, right? He had meme culture behind him. He had uh, he had the kind of internet support in some way or another. Not all of it, because he's a very divisive figure, and especially for a billionaire. You know, the working class support of a billionaire is a whole other conversation. But it was a good move, I think. It quite pricey for a platform that hasn't made any profit in the last three years, but it could potentially turn it around. The way he's gone about it. And the news has come off the back of it, how he's treated Twitter employees. 
has completely gutted any momentum he would have had based on meme culture. No one's going to support, you know, Daddy Elon, as they call him, after he's completely ripped out people's lives. And he's uh, also now seeing the business validity of Twitter. Like, Twitter, for me, almost feels like it would be better off being bought by the US government. Because it is the water cooler of the internet. It's where everything happens first. It's the source of news changes and everything that happens as a development in the world. Um, it, that means it's actually quite hard to make a profit off of. Like Twitter ads are nowhere near as effective as, as other platforms. And it's, it's very tough to advertise there because no one's there for that. They don't care. Um, tweets have to be so fast and, and, and reactive and on point or funny or insightful. So brands that have a lot of red tape to respond can't really be on there. So it's a tough brand for a tough platform for brands to be on effectively unless they double down on being their Twitter sales and look at Burger King, Wendy's, you know, Lidl, you know, the people that do Twitter right, they smash it. But if you do Twitter meh, there's no, there's almost no point doing it. It's very much like TikTok. You have to be full TikTok. Uh, and now with everything he's doing, especially bringing in things like 799 Twitter blue verification, uh, it's an interesting place to be. And I'm not sure it's helped their plat- their kind of, that hasn't helped the organization in any way. And I'm sure maybe there is a long-term plan here, but how the news has come off the back of it and no one responding well to any of the new changes, it's not looking good for Mr. Musk. Personal brand is modern day wealth, in my opinion. The things you can get away with with a strong brand and the business moves you can make and the support you can garner for it, that's what people really underestimate. This is why you need to think about platforms like TikTok and Twitter and do them right and not just do them in a very business adamant, I'm a professional who-to-do style because it just doesn't work. If you embrace it for what it is, you get the support and momentum of others with consistency. Uh, and yeah, if, if if Elon hasn't been so brutal about it, you know, this may recover. This is the internet. After three days, yeah, this could all blow over. But I have a feeling news like this will continue to come out because when you buy an organization like that and try and gut it in the way he has, try and make a profit, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. James, I wonder what challenges have you been working on recently at Shogun? So for, for us, there's been a couple of things, leveling up our kind of internal processes and equipment. So looking at, you know, because we had such rapid growth, we barely had any time to you know purchase our own equipment or look at where we want to specialize in that sense. And uh, we did some research about it not long ago and found that video podcasting, especially is something that brands really need at the moment. And it's probably one of the easiest way for brands to start getting content via video and chopping up to use in multiple places because video content isn't easy for everyone to jump on. Like, Joe, you've probably done many episodes of this podcast, and I've done many different videos and social pieces in over, t- over two years. But you know, when you have to convince a brand who desperately needs social media content, which one of you in the office is going to be in front of that camera? Then it just becomes around the houses of, oh, I don't want to do it, do you want to do it? And it's about how do we make these people more comfortable? How do we make our clients more comfortable in making content? And sometimes the best way to start is podcasting, specifically video podcasting, because we want people to connect with you and your face. That's the, the main thing for me, especially. It's you have to build what's called a parasocial bond, and that's done with consistency. A parasocial bond is this, you know, you've heard me talk about it time and time again, if anyone's listened to my content, the weird sensation that, you know, you can't really tell the difference between a conversation through a screen and in person emotionally when you're talking to someone. This is why Zoom culture works. This is why creator culture works. This is why we watch them get a random coffee or Starbucks and 
no one really cares. Um, but you, you're there watching it anyway. You're like, why am I here? Um, that is because you feel like you know them. And that is that phenomenon that businesses, especially B2B, are severely underestimating. We're talking about service providers, professional services, accounting, law, you know, all the ones you wouldn't expect. If they came out of the gate and really started delivering human advice in a non-suit way for once to finally connect with people, what a difference that would make to grasp that side of the audience. And that's what we've been doubling down on. <clears throat> so we've got a really nice three camera setup now internally to kind of switch between cameras and bring that both as a studio version here, which we're renovating a studio here in Southampton, but also supportable setup to make sure we can take it to our clients' offices so they can create these amazing shows. So that's been the biggest challenge we've been working on at the moment. And then looking at the next phase of our of our growth plan in terms of how do we go out to different markets, how do we take our successes from one place and bring it to others and another part of that is our is our PR. And then Challenge-wise for our clients is literally just fighting the tide of ever-changing platforms. Because all platforms are trying to keep up with TikTok right now, every platform is changing instantly like that. Um, Instagram is doing it at the drop of a hat, you know, every single day. So unless you do have someone who's dedicated to social or a social agency working on your content at the moment, it is quite a struggle to make sure you're doing things and posting in the right way to make sure you're actually looking at the nuances within reels and, and other platforms. So yeah, it's a war for attention, but that's what the internet's always been. Something else that it, it, it's becoming increasingly apparent to me. And I, it's almost, if this podcast, James had a motto, it would be people buy from people. And the amount of time that we have spent talking about how authenticity is absolutely the currency of podcasting and social media and that sort of thing. I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head with that one, to be completely honest with you. Um, what then is your, and this this can be professional or personal, James, um, what's your greatest achievement, would you say? That's a good question. It's, it sounds a bit kidding me to you. I'm trying to narrow it down. Um, no, it, <laughs> it, I, I'd say it's definitely building the team to, to, to where we are now. I mean, some of the clients we get to work with, you know, Barclays, Barclays Eagle Labs, Southampton City Council, you know, right, rewind two years when I was in my bedroom just trying to get one or two off a five again. If I could just work for myself, I'd be so much happier. And just how it's escalated and how our vision has really pushed things. I mean, because as soon as I started to see this work and I got a taste of success, I was like, we are now going to build the, the UK's largest organic content studio. In, and that is, our, that is our goal, to make sure we are the largest organic social agency in the UK. And we are staying as specific as that. We're not going to branch out into paid ads or you know websites or anything else because we see this as such a need. And it's so time-intensive and labor-intensive that I'm even questioning whether we're even charging appropriately right now. So get it while the price is good, folks, because it, it's one of those ones where you know when you're looking at how much time it takes to send one of your team over to um, somewhere for one or two days to film TikToks continuously with, with their team. That's a lot of work. Just because it's filmed on mobile doesn't mean that the video should be any less um, time intensive. And it isn't. That's been an interesting one and a challenge that we're, we're currently trying to overcome now and figure out where that, that pricing is. And I think people are seeing how valuable the service is to keep channel constantly active and getting a chance to work alongside other agencies during that. We work with some amazing agencies, um, both like very large ones as well. That is it's really nice to, to partner up with that and just see how we're we're growing and also being on, on podcasts like this. So, But it's definitely how we've grown the team till now. I think that there seems to be... A sort of well in in the past two years you know two years that I've been doing social stuff even in in that short space of time it's gone from with a previous company that I worked for 
you just go and just do the social media and not really having any brief or anything like that, but just go and figure it out. Just look after the Instagram, look after Twitter, all that sort of thing. Whereas now, I think you're absolutely right that people don't, there's, there's still a little bit of that old fashioned attitude when really investing in social is possibly like one of the most important things you could be doing with your business right now it's that that mentality towards it so when you look at that and you honestly sit down for a minute you know i don't care how old your business is and you go how do i build brand if it wasn't on social media who inspires you who are you inspired by oh many people um it is a bit of a weird one for me because i i didn't even meet my first business owner until i was like 23 I was like, it didn't exactly come from the best area. So it was always like, yeah, it was literally the last job I was in before I left. And the owner of that business was the first actual business owner I'd ever, I'd ever met. So my inspirations were purely through TV. So the obvious one's going to be Stephen Bartlett for me. Um, you know, he may be the inspiration for many others, but while I was working in um, B&Q's advertising team, he was, uh, we went to a, a marketing conference show and I saw him speak on stage in 2018. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone else that looked like me on, on that stage. And then another chap you might know who owns a company called Fanbytes called T- Timothy Aramu. Um, he is absolutely incredible. Um, Fanbytes is an influencer marketing agency uh, that specific, specifically goes after TikTok. Built over the last five years, sold it to tens of millions to Brain Labs. He is awesome we we share a, a, an inspirational figure there because I, I don't think you can be the host of a business podcast and not listen to diary of a ceo i love that progression because if you go back to early days to diary of a ceo it was very much a standard business podcast but to see him turn from business slash entrepreneur to a full-blown host and entertainer that's been that's been the big arc for me um, and I think all businesses need to take note of that and how he's turned much more into it, uh, almost a, a performer and a host that brings the most out of people. Mm. That makes that show incredible. Obviously, the guests come on now. That guesswork is done. Those inquiries will come in unless you're trying to secure someone crazy big. But it's the dedications he's done to becoming more of an entertainer that people need to take note of. And you know, there's going to be this trend of businesses hiring in-house creators to do the same. And you'll see this now, but everyone will want to nurture and grow their own Bartlett within the organization to create amazing stuff like this. And that will be the hub of most of your inbound marketing if done correctly. Mm. You're absolutely right. And I think something else that I think needs to be recognized with particularly with that show is a couple of things is that 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 team absolutely knows what sells and what gets people listening and it's people getting emotional it doesn't matter what that emotion is if someone's crying that gets people watching if someone's angry it gets people watching you know if someone's really like over the moon and really happy that gets people watching it's also for my money probably the best produced podcast with added you know with video attached to it as well and i did see there was a video of him explaining how they achieved that yeah the full behind the scenes even even joe rogan money at the problem so (laughs) even joe rogan doesn't have the level of setup that driver ceo has and you know that's saying something because i'm sure he could have invested more but i think he has a more of a quiet personal setup for his own reasons um but yeah again that's what i mean that the the trajectory from ceo to showrunner has been an interesting one to see and then he's the only person that gives the behind the scenes on how to put together the podcast how he's grown it to a certain size how he got brand deals at the back of it with separate episodes 
these are the things that create practical authenticity without it being a buzzword because again that's the, the main thing i always go through i'm like how do you turn it you know authenticity into something practical education inspiration entertainment and transparency being the, the fourth one if you give away value constantly in the form of the first three and then just be transparent on you know here's how i grew the business to where it is now warts and all it's not about sharing when you fell over and scraped your knee or whatever and doing some of those annoying kind of whiny linkedin posts it's about just being an actual human being it's like you know if i was 10 years ago me what would i want to know about where i am now and that's the stuff you should be creating so think about how much content you know all boards of directors could create as well uh, there's there's so much content that all all organizations are sat on they just haven't unlocked yet and that's a company is what we help them do james this has been it's it's really really has been a pleasure speaking to you this morning I've, I've like i said i've wanted to speak to you for quite a long time and it's it's been a real pleasure chatting to you today if if there was one key piece of advice, one absolute golden rule top tip that you would give to everybody listening to this podcast right now, what is that one key thing to take away from this? Double down on video content and social right now. Um, there's something that shows up, that will never show up on the analytics sheet, which is the human connection you get off the back of video. Um, it will not show up on any data. You will not be able to attribute it to any return on investment. Um, but what it will do is massively help your conversion rate when people come to you. I can't tell you, I think at least 70 to 80% of the people that I talk to have already seen my social content. And off the back of that, they feel far more comfortable talking to me. They're far more open. They feel like they know me already. Again, this effect we were talking about earlier. And even if it's just a few clips, it breaks down about 10 barriers before you have that conversation. And so especially if you sell B2B products or even if you do sales in general, all salespeople or board members or founders need to be building their personal brand as wealth, but also figuring out how their companies can function as creators in their own right. Um, this is going to be the only currency online. Like this is your attention and the attention you can garner for free is going to be so important. You cannot rely on big data just to create an easy print money funnel and it's gone. Email marketing, I've, I've never liked it, but it's, it's, it's always ebbed and waned in terms of its effectiveness. It's never going to go away, but that's more of an additional touch point in your marketing cycle. Social is really the first and foremost thing you should always be thinking about on your brand. So double down on it now. Think, how do I communicate? Am I a podcaster? Am I an individual videos person? Am I a vlogger? Like, do I just want to talk about how everything's going? There's incredible examples of businesses that you think that, that's, that's pretty boring. They've completely turned it around. Take Asheville, for instance. Asheville is, a, is a, a construction aggregates and waste management company in London. And they've done a full-blown vlog channel with over 100 episodes that have the founder mic'd up during, during the week. And they just document how they're moving things. They've got trains coming in. They're building this house, whatever. And even the waste removals, they document that. And it's like, that could have been the most boring business on planet Earth, be completely turned around with the power of him. Now, the trick is, is to find, is it you in your organization? Is it someone else? Or do you need to bring someone in to create that effect? You know, whether you have that diamond in the rough in your organization that you can actually put front and center and literally make it a big part of their role, move them to the front and center. Like, can you create a YouTube video a week, five TikToks a week? Like, you need to be seriously thinking, how do I constantly earn the attention of audiences? On average, you have like two seconds organically to get someone's thumb to stop in a continuous scrolling loop. So it better be good. 
And, and that's what you need to think about no matter what you sell. It could be anything from chocolate bars to hand sanitizer. Think about it from that really fundamental level. Would I care? Would I honestly look at that and interact with it if it's 20% off hand sanitizer? No, I wouldn't. How do you make that funny? How do you make it entertaining? Always think about how you flip it, put a journalistic hat on, put a creator's hat on. James, thank you so much for joining me on the Essential B2B podcast. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you today. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.